Republicans get their asses kicked in off-year elections last night. I don't know when they're going to can this Ronnie McDowell, McDaniels broad because she just doesn't seem to know what she's doing at the RNC. Volodymyr Zelensky offers up a challenge to Donald Trump. The little prick should get be very careful who what he wishes for and who he challenges because, let's be honest, that guy, ugh. And Rashida Tlaib rightfully gets censured by Congress for being a bigot. And she decides to act like a victim and the waterworks come out and everything else. Trust me, there's a lot of stuff to be said about them defending, uh, the squad defending Rashida Tlaib. They're our dumbasses of the day. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you are all having a great day. Um, so let's get to it. So Republicans got their asses kicked yesterday. Again, these were off-year elections. They had some in Ohio and Virginia. In Virginia, which just won, was turned completely red, just won the, just won all of the, the House, the Senate. They won the governorship. Well, they lost the Senate, they lost the House, and the governor didn't run. So it was not good. They got absolutely smoked. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, who is the governor over there, is now basically a Deadwood governor. He's not going to be able to do much. Uh, one of the things he ran on was abortion. We'll get to abortion because that's going to be the big thing. Uh, so Virginia is now back to back to basically blue. They're kind of a purple straight state now. Uh, but we're going to get to why they lost that stuff because I, I really do have some firm beliefs that the Republicans have some major issues. And I got news for you. In the election, if this is kind of a run-up of what 2024 is going to be like, this could be really bad. Uh, in Kentucky, um, the governor, who was a Democrat, and by the way, Kentucky, a deep red state. So a Democrat won the last election. Martin Bashir, or I can't remember his name, but Bashir is his name. He won the state back in 2018. Um, won it again. And now everyone's wondering, well, how in the hell did a Democrat governor win in Kentucky, of all places? And finally, Ohio, we got our asses kicked there too. Uh, there was a there was a an amendment to the Constitution that was up for election that made abortion put abortion legal in the Constitution of Ohio. So that one too. Now, yes, Republicans again a lot of gains they made in New York in 2020 and 2021. They lost again in New York, so that's bad too. Um, it's just you've got to say to yourself, wow, what in the hell happened? You would have thought there would have been no way Republicans would lose. There should be no way Republicans lose in 2023. There should have been no way Republicans lost in 2022. There should be no way Republicans lose in 2024. And I got some news for you. We lost in 2022. We lost in 2023. We're going to lose in 2024 at this pace. And the question's got to be why. Well, the Wall Street Journal had an article out 
And yeah, it makes sense. They said abortion was put on the ballot. The Democrats went hardcore onto abortion. Republicans did not counter. And Democrats just used that as their platform. Their messaging was very clear. Their messaging was very strong. And Republicans didn't really have a message. Republicans, again, like everything else they do, they reacted to the Democrats' message on abortion. Instead of sitting there and saying, well, yeah, but look at blue cities with high crime. We've got high crime. We've got, and by the way, I, I'm as pro-abortion as you uh, pro-anti-abortion as you're going to find them. But abortion should not be the main message here for re Republicans. Abortion should be like number 10 on the list. You've got the economy, which is falling apart. You've got the open borders. You've got two wars going on right now because of weak foreign policy. You've got crime, drugs, you've got rampant, you've got human trafficking should be more of an issue because that's happening. You've got the homeless crisis. You've got a mental health crisis. You have China buying up property within the United States. You've got terrorism as a problem. You have so many things in the, to pick from. But instead of going out there, instead of Republicans going out there and saying, listen, yes, abortion's a bad thing. And if I could put a 15-week abortion ban in, I would. But abortion is a strong issue right now. Democrats are running on abortion. States don't want to get rid of abortion. And this would be my message. This would be my message. Listen, I think abortion should be banned altogether. Anytime someone wants to put an abortion ban up on me, I'll look at it and I'll sign it. But here's the reality. We got a lot of problems going on. A lot of problems. Anti-Semitism we've got. We've got students that, that can't read. We've got all of the... We've got kids that are having their balls cut off because of institutionalized issues with medicine. We have all of this stuff. Abortion is kind of down on the list right now. Especially since it's, it's not a winnable target. We have all of these things we should be concentrating on. And Republicans react to abortion. Now I understand, again, it's about winning. We've got to have a message. And we have more messages to give out in the world than abortion. Abortion is evil. It should be banned. Don't get me wrong. And one day it will be. But this is not what's important right now. What's important, yes, I'm saying it. Killing of babies, we should always stand against that. But there's so many other things that are winnable we can be standing on right now. Abortion should not be something we're reacting to. We can't do anything unless we win. And all we, with abortion, you need to chip away at it. Don't go all the way down to a 15-week abortion ban. Go, let's go down to a 20-week. Let's go down to an 18-week. Let's start debating about when a person is alive. Because we talked about this last week. We need to figure out when does a person actually exist. Well, it exists. A person actually exists at the moment of conception. And all you have to do is ask a leftist. Uh, okay, so when does it start? If it doesn't start at the moment of conception, when does it start? When is that person a separate? You can have that debate, but we need to have that debate.
and the left doesn't want it, well, then don't debate it. Let's debate this. Let's debate, debate homelessness. Let's debate the border. Let's debate uh, foreign policy. Let's debate the two wars. Let's debate all of this stuff. Let's debate all the 50 other things that you guys have destroyed instead of debating something that, okay, we won this. And yes, we're going to have to fight, but we got enough to fight about. Instead of Republicans reacting to everything Democrats say, because Democrats have a very small basket of issues they can work on. Abortion is probably the only thing they have going for them. And, and by the way, the, how are they playing this abortion debate? They're playing it by being victims. Oh, we're not allowed to get abortions anymore, which in fact isn't the case. They're just lying about that. Because even that they can't debate on. Ronnie McDowell, who is the head of the... McDaniels, excuse me. Is it McDowell or McDaniels? I don't know. Let me look this up. Yeah, it's Ronna McDaniel. She is... I, I don't know how she keeps her job. Now, we won in 2016. But in 2016, we won with Trump because of messaging. Trump's message was fantastic. But we did lose in 2018. We did lose in 2020. I'm going to say we lost in 2022. We lost in 2023. We won in 2021. But we lost in 20... Every election we've lost. And the only elections that... And I would even argue 2016 had nothing to do with Ronnie McDaniel. It had to do with Trump. And Trump's messaging, and the fact that Trump wouldn't listen to the RNC, and the fact that Trump pissed on the RNC. How does Ronna McDaniel continue to keep her job and continue to lose? They continue to vote for her. And there are some strong opponents that want to take over, that want to take over the RNC that say, hey, we gotta get rid of this broad. She's terrible. Republicans, the mainstream Republicans are just that. They're the mainstream, institutionalized Republicans, and they're terrible. They're terrible. They can't debate. They can't speak. They're not much different than Democrats. They, they want things to just be the way they are. They don't want to rock the boat. This is why Republicans don't win. Democrats, they want to rock the boat. They want to scream. They want to... I'm, I'm going to be reading Saul Yulinsky's Rules for Radicals because I think that's a playbook Republicans need to start using. Hey, Rules for Radicals came out in the 60s. I believe it was the 60s or 70s. And Rules for Radicals basically said you need to take the institutions, then you, will then you take the culture, then you take politics. For, I'm sorry, opposite. Culture, institutions, then politics. Institutional Institutions and politics are always downstream of culture. And it's a slow, slow progress. Here's the thing with abortion. Are we going to get rid of it next week? Is somebody signing a 15-week abortion ban actually going to win? Of course not. Because the culture still kind of embraces it. I mean, they're going away from it, but they're not there yet. 
So you, you, you chip away at it. It's like what we did with abortion rights. It's what pro-abortionists did since the 20s with abortion. Abortion has been an issue since the 20s and 30s. And then it was finally chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away until finally Roe versus Wade. Well, I got news for you. Abortion is not going to be eliminated in the next five years, the next two years, even the next 10 years. It's going to take generations to chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it until it is finally banned. And we got a huge victory by overturning Roe versus Wade. That was a huge victory because now we put it at the states, state level. Well, now we need to work on the states. And the only way we can win in the states with the abortion issue is for Republicans to go in there and turn blue states purple and purple states red. And then eventually get purple states to to go red, just like Democrats did with blue states. California used to be a red state. New York used to be a red state. What the hell happened? The messaging. Messaging counts for everything. And the problem with Republicans, we're always reacting to the messaging, the superior messaging of the Democrats. Now, the, the superior messaging doesn't mean it's right. It just means it's superior. It's making more of an effect than our messaging. Our messaging doesn't exist. Do you even know what Republicans are standing on? I mean, all we need to do is sit back. All Donald Trump needs to do, and Donald Trump is part of the problem now. He's not part of the solution. Donald Trump is doing nothing but talking about himself. And then every once in a while, he sits there and he throws in, oh, Joe Biden's a bad guy. We should be doing nothing but talking about the border. We should be doing nothing talking about the fact that Joe Biden has gotten us into two wars. We should be doing nothing but talking about homelessness, crime, and drug abuse. We should be doing nothing but pointing at New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, and saying, that's what you guys want? That's the crap hole you guys want. Every one of those streets in those cities should be a campaign ad for a Republican. And then finally, Republicans want to win? Get yourself some effing candidates. We couldn't beat a guy with Alzheimer's and dementia in the White House. Joe Biden. How did Donald Trump lose to that guy? Because his messaging sucked. It was about Donald Trump in 2020. How did John Fetterman win as senator in Pennsylvania? The guy is practically a potato. Well, you ran some guy that no one liked, that had no political appeal whatsoever. How did that potato of a governor in Arizona win? Well, you had someone who was not likable, who was bitching about losing the election before she she actually lost the election, and is still to this day bitching about losing that election. And guess what? They're going to run her for Senate again. She's a loser. Why are you running her? No one likes her. She's going to lose. It's absolutely incredible what Republicans are doing. And I'm telling you, and we can tell they're still doing it. Donald Trump's going to win the the nomination. Donald Trump's going to be the the candidate for 2024. 
Donald Trump, in this mess of an economy right now, in the mess of the world, created by that, that marshmallow in the White House, that marshmallow in the White House is probably going to win in 2024. And I know the polls, I, I know that the, I don't like polls. I'm not a big fan of polls. And I know the polls sit there say, oh, Donald Trump is ahead in most states by like 10 points. Donald Trump should be ahead in all states by 20 points. Why is he tied in some states? How is this, this potato in Washington, D.C. in the White House even considered a viable candidate? He was worse than Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter, I think, won two states when, when he ran against Reagan. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I, I I don't have a lot of... I really don't have a lot of confidence in this next election. I have no confidence in Republicans. And every time I, I hear this stuff, every time I see this stuff on television, every time I see a poll, the first thing I think of is term limits. We need to make sure there are no institutional politicians in Washington. Because institutional politicians, they only care about keeping office. Every two to four to six years, they have to do the right things. And then the other one to three to five years, they don't have to worry about it. They don't care. We need to get rid of the, the, the career politicians, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Mitch McConnell's. We need to get rid of them. I don't want to see them. The, the, the Lindsey Graham's. Because it's on both sides. We need to get rid of the institutional career politician. And then we'll fix our politics. All right. Uh, sorry. Just went off. Well, here's, here's a story. I, and, you know, this little creep, Volodymyr Zelensky. It's hard to believe I actually liked this guy at first. I did. I actually liked this guy. I thought he had a lot of personality. I liked that he jumped to the defense of Donald Trump when Donald Trump got impeached for the first time. There's a lot I liked about Volodymyr Zelensky. But then this war started. Again, war started by Russia, by Vladimir Putin. Terrible war. Russia is completely wrong here. But the thing is, we started giving hundreds of billions of dollars to this little cretin. And then he started using this as a means to victimize himself and victimize his uh, country. And he's doing that so that he can get more money. And my understanding is the guy's worth a couple billion dollars now. He is as corrupt as the day is long. And then that short little effer walks into this country wearing his, his army fatigues and his t-shirt to show that, to make it look like he's actually on the battle line. You know, here's a newsflash. Kiev is doing just fine. Kiev's economy is doing great. Kiev is, is they have dance clubs and everything. Russia is not bombing Kiev. Voldemort Zelensky is absolutely safe in Kiev. He is, no one is, is going after him in Kiev. They tried to assassinate him. I don't even know if they're trying to do that anymore because this little fart is not doing a damn thing. He's just getting rich. So he is not behind. He is not in a T-60 tank 
fighting the Russians. He is sitting in his palace, sleeping in his feather-filled bed, doing just fine. Okay, so anyone who sits back and buys the bullshit where this guy walks in with President Biden in boots and fatigues in his army sweater with his little Ukrainian pins. Okay, spare me the bullshit. The guy is full of crap. He is a corrupt politician making billions on this whole thing. End of story. Well, here's the problem. Israeli war against Hamas has begun and now he's no one's paying attention to him. Yeah, yeah, I mean... The United States wants to give them $60 billion. That's what that bill is about, right? We're gonna, we'll give Israel $4 billion in the same bill that we're giving Ukraine $60 billion. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be that Joe Biden, uh, that, uh, that little fart has uh, information on Joe Biden? Joe Biden doesn't want to get out? My guess is probably yeah. Okay, but no one's investigating that. Thank you, Republicans. All right, they're just saying the same damn things they said we knew about in 2016. Anyway, so here he goes. Here he goes again. He's trying to get attention. According to the Daily Wire, and of course, no one knows this story because no one's paying attention to him anymore. According to the Daily Wire, Ukrainian President Voldemort Zelensky on Sunday invited former President U, U, former U.S. President Donald Trump to visit Ukraine to make good on his vow of settling the Eastern European nation's ongoing conflict with Russia in, quote, 24 hours. A repeated claim that Trump said would happen if he takes the White House in 2024. Former, quote, former President Trump said that about 24 hours that he can manage it and finish the war, Zelensky said in an interview with NBC. Quote, for me, what can I say? So he's very welcome as well, end quote. I do want to point out that Voldemort Zelensky used to be on Fox News every five minutes. Notice now he's on CNN and MSNBC and NBC and ABC, but he's no longer on Fox News? Hmm, I wonder why. Because Zelensky flies with the floats with the wind. We've got a liberal Democrat as the president. We've got a liberal Senate. And we've basically got a liberal House. So now he's going to play liberal. I'm sure he's going to be wearing a dress soon. Uh, he continued on at NBC saying, quote, if he can come here, I will need 24 minutes to explain to President Trump that he can't manage this war. He can't bring peace because of Putin. Really, I don't know. Really, I don't know. I hope that it, that it depends not only on, president, on the president institutionally, I think it depends on the opinion of the Americans, of your society. Well, here's a, a couple of problems with that. The American society doesn't want to keep giving $60 billion to Ukraine with absolutely no monitoring on where that money's going. Most American people, I think it's over 60%, believe that uh, we need to ease up on the Ukrainian money and worry about the United States. Hey, this little war is having the opposite effect. This little war is making Americans more isolationist. They're not making them more, let's give money to the world. Because we're all suffering here with $5 a gallon gas and chicken that costs $10 a pound. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. We're not worried about the fact that we can't buy a car or buy a house. 
and interest rates are at 7%. We're worried about that. We're not really worried about that little fart in Ukraine, a country that actually provides us absolutely zero, but has provided the Biden family a lot of money. Okay, continuing. And by the way, we'll get to this comment here. I got some, I got, yeah, Trump can't end this war in 24 hours. We'll get to that. And I think you probably already know how Trump can end this war in 24 hours. I, okay, let's see, where is it? I think that, okay, I think it depends on the opinion of Americans, of your society. I think that it is most important. I think it is important the United States and EU, EU, the attitude of just ordinary people. By the way, the EU doesn't support the war in Ukraine. The EU is giving nothing to Ukraine. They're giving them basic crap. So here's the thing. Zelensky is, is making this tour because he's losing his influence. It's their support. It's their money. It depends on them. And I, yeah, and they are sure in Ukraine. I know, and they are sure in Ukraine. I know that they support Ukraine. They love us. And really, they understand our difficult war against Russia. And I think only that society is pushing the leaders and the leaders make the right decisions. Okay, here's the deal. First off, can Trump end this war in 24 hours? It's hyperbole. Yes, that's what a politician does. And not that much. All President Trump has to say is you have 30 days to figure out a peace treaty with, uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin. And you will get no more money. We'll give you some, some uh, armaments. But this war has to end. That's all Biden needs to do. That's all anyone needs to do. You want to end this war. You call Volodymyr Zelensky and you say this war needs to end. Financing stops. We're not financing your economy, which surprisingly is what we're doing. We're not going to protect your borders. You need to end this war. Because right now, Zelensky, he's got the gravy train coming in. He doesn't want this war to end. If this war ends, the money's going to stop coming in. He wants this war to keep going. Because after this war, then he's got the rebuilding process. And he's going to get more money for that. We want this war to end. The rebuilding process should be up to Europe. It should be up to the United States. I'm sorry, F Ukraine and their rebuilding. That's... They're not going to win this war. Ukraine is not going to win this war. They're not going to get what they want. Russia is not going to get what they want. This war needs to end. And the best way to end this war, we're not giving you any money. That's it. We're done. Figure it out. End this war. Give up the Donbass. Give up Crimea. Take the, re take the rest of Ukraine. Deal with it. War over. And ba basically, that's what Trump is saying. That's what Zelensky doesn't like. Oh, I hate that little fart. And by the way, and by the way, um, yeah, he's losing support everywhere. Now, I do believe I will give it this way. I will give this. I'm I'm not anti-Ukraine. I think Ukraine is doing us a favor by fighting the Russians. They've weakened the Russia. They've weakened Russia. Russia is not a power anymore. Their economy is trash. And by the way, I know, oh, but China is buying all. Yeah, well, China's economy is trash. China has cities that are empty that they built for absolutely nothing, and now they're tearing them down. 
Their Belt and Road Initiative, which everyone is screaming, oh, how great. Their Belt and Road Initiative is breaking the country. The country's GDP is at like minus seven and their debt is huge. They've got no money coming in. Their inflation is insane. People are making $4,000 $4, a year equivalent. They're, in, they're a disaster. When, why do you think China hasn't gone into Taiwan yet? This would have been the perfect time to do it because they can't afford a long war. And the reality is Taiwan is going to give them problems. And that's if countries like the United States don't support Taiwan. Anyway, but the reality is that war's got to end. And we got to worry about Israel. We got to worry about Taiwan. I said this from the beginning of the war. Ukraine is nothing to us. Ukraine, yeah, we should give them armament. We should help them a little bit. Just because Russia is our enemy, we've made this into a proxy war. And the United States doesn't need that proxy war. Sylvia, the Russians cannot handle the United States. Neither can the Chinese. We need to worry about Ukraine. We need to worry about Taiwan, which has our uh, processors there. They have all our computer equipment built there. That's important. And we should worry about Israel, which is our base in the Middle East. We shouldn't worry about Ukraine. Ukraine. We should just end that war right now. Okay, let's take a look. All right, I, I, I love this. Um, this is from the post-millennial. And I'm not surprised about this at all. I think this is absolutely hysterical. I think it's a sad take on our culture, but I think this is funny. According to the Post Millennial, women around the United States are turning to unconventional strategies to become pregnant as aspiring mothers search for sperm donations from men who have refused to take the COVID-19 inoculation. Women are searching for this sperm on Facebook. Jonathan David Rinaldi, also known as the Sperminator, well, that's sick, was longtime donor for America's largest sperm donation group, a Facebook group called the Sperm Donation USA, according to the Daily Mail. He later, ele he later elected to leave the group and create his own sperm donation operation after he caught wind of the demand for unvaccinated sperm donors. Seriously, this is what we're worried about. You've got guys that are actually creating sperm groups on Facebook. Where has our where has our society gone? Remember when purpose was a big thing in the life of a man and that purpose meant earning a getting a career, earning a good living, raising a family. Now we've got men who are creating Facebook groups on sperm donation on Facebook. And this is a leading story on some news outlets. Wow. Almost 250 people are members of the group, which has successfully managed to help people start families per the report. Members include young professionals, gay couples, and single women from both the U.S. and U.K., with most offering to donate sperm for free. Rinaldi told the Daily Mail, I don't trust big government, big pharma. I don't trust them. And I don't need to inject myself with things 
that I don't even know what it is. Okay, so a couple things. One, this is a condemnation of our society. I, this is a condemnation of our society that we are looking for sperm donation for people who don't want to do things the normal right way. In other words, a man and a woman get married and have a family. Young professionals mean women that don't want to get married. Single women, women that have never been married and gay people. This is what this whole thing is for. Now, I know the point of the story is COVID-19 injections, vaccinations, and how people are afraid because now they're beginning to see that those vaccinations are bad. But I just want to point out, that's not what I'm thinking here. What I'm thinking here is, what happened to the days where you met, you got, you got yourself married and then had kids? What, was, what happened to the days when you were with a partner and you guys actually discussed whether that individual, your, your man or your, or your lady friend, should actually get the vaccination because of kids in the future? Now we're talking about, well, single people want to, single people and gay people want to have babies, which they can't. Because you can't have babies when you're single. You can't have babies if you're dating the same, if you're married to the same sex. Now we're talking about those people getting sperm. And they don't like the fact that people have taken COVID-19 shots. I, I just don't think this is a good story. I, I know the story, the purpose of the story is not about a, a cultural condemnation, which this should be. And by the way, I agree. COVID-19. I'm sorry. I took the vaccination back in 2021. I haven't been the same since. I haven't. And there are lots of ways I haven't been the same. Not just, not just ways my wife would know. She doesn't really recognize that. But in lots of different ways, I haven't been the same. I, I regret taking that shot a long time ago. I regretted taking that shot. Especially after six months later when I caught COVID again and have had COVID three times since. But I think we're missing the point of this article. I think this article should be a little bit more about the fact that, you know, look at who they're giving sperm to. I mean, it's one thing if it's a couple that can't get pregnant because maybe he can't doesn't develop sperm. Or something like that. It's not. It's for gay couples and single people. That's just not the way to be. So this is an example of a cultural issue. Okay, let's get to this. Let's get to our dumbasses of the day. Okay, so this dumbass of the day... Uh, we got a bunch of them. And surprisingly, surprise, surprise, they're all politicians. So I need to I need to run a lead up to this because you need to understand that what's going on, why these people are screaming and crying and crap like that, or this is not going to work. So yesterday, Rashida Tlaib got censored. The House voted 234 to 188 that uh, she should be censured for all the crap that she said. And by the way, censure doesn't mean what it usually used to mean. 
Censure used to be really bad. I mean, you were stuck in the in the middle of, of Congress and everyone was yelling at you. That's not what censure is today. Censure today is a badge of honor. These people treat it as a badge of honor. She's going to treat it as a badge of honor. It's going to be a way for her to get a lot of attention. And to be honest with you, it's not just anyway. This is a this is an anti-Semitic bigot racist that should be kicked out of Congress. A, she's a terrorist supporter. She's a Jew hater. She wants all Jews dead. She should be kicked out of Congress. Okay. Well, so they're talking yesterday before the vote. And by the way, 22 Democrats also think she's a racist bigot because they voted against her too. So um, here they had a little uh, they had a little powwow before. Uh, the vote to censure her. And this little powwow turned out pretty much exactly how you thought it would turn out. All these people were just whining and crying and, and screaming and I'm a victim and blah, blah, blah. And it all came from the, it all came from the Democrats and they were absolutely hysterical and they were absolutely stupid it's really worth listening. So the first one we'll take a look at is, of course, Rashida Tlaib herself. Because needless to say, the best way a Democrat can do this is scream that she's brown and scream that she's a victim and scream. Of course, everyone has death threats. They always do the death threat thing, uh, which she didn't actually do this time. But here she is and of course, she breaks down crying and Ilhan Omar has to comfort her and shit like that. So let's listen to Rashida Tlaib and her sob story. And anti-Semitism makes us all less safe and worry that your own child might suffer the horrors that six-year-old Wadia did in Illinois. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. We are human beings, just like anyone else. My city, my grandmother, like all Palestinians, just wants to live her life with freedom and human dignity we all deserve. Speaking up to save lives, Mr. Chair, no matter faith, no matter ethnicity, should not be controversial in this chamber. The cries of the Palestinian and, Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why, what I don't understand is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. We cannot lose our shared humanity, Mr. Chair. Nothing but performance. This is nothing but a performance. She's not crying. That broad's a sociopath. She has no, she has nothing to cry about. And by the way, she also, I mean, she doesn't cry about babies being thrown in ovens while their mothers are being raped. But I mean, she doesn't cry about that. She doesn't cry about babies being beheaded. She doesn't have a problem with that. Because Hamas, remember, it's an ends to a mean. It's a means to an end. That's what it is. Hamas, killing babies and raping women, it's a means to an end. Okay, and that's what she thinks. She truly believes that. And this river to a sea thing, 
which means the genocide of Jews, and she knows what that means. She has no problem with it. I mean, she got a map in her office where Israel is, it's written Palestine on it. She wants the elimination of Israel, she want, which means she wants Jews dead, because that's what Palestinians want. Okay. And by the way, just, just an FYI, she wants the censorship. She wanted to be censured. She wants the attention. She's an attention whore. She's always been an attention whore. She will go out today and at least do two speeches. At least two speeches. And then she'll be censured. And she'll stand up there all proud and chest puffed out. And then have another speech after. Because that's what she is. She's an attention whore. And she, she doesn't care. She should have been kicked out of office. That's what she should have. She should have been kicked out of Congress. She should have all her, her freaking all her freaking committees stripped and she should be kicked out of office. But Republicans don't have the balls to do any of that stuff. Well, speaking of uh, from the river to the sea, apparently there's somebody in Congress that's so stupid she doesn't even know what it means. Here is, what is this broad's name? Here is Debbie Dingle. She's a Democrat from Michigan, another representative, saying that, oh, from the river to the sea, we don't even know what that means. What an idiot. Listen. I spent all weekend in Michigan this last weekend talking to all the communities about the meaning of this phrase. And there are very strong feelings on all sides. And it's very clear that people interpret words in different ways. Personally, I choose not to use a phrase that is offensive to some and that many perceive as a threat. But I also take seriously living in a country that does not respect, restrict, forbids, censor speech. Okay, this is just changing language. This is just changing meanings and definitions. Democrats do this all the freaking time. This is not a shock. But but here's the thing. Everyone knows what it means. There's not... A, it's been that way since 1948. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free means the genocide of the Jews. It means the destruction of the Israeli state. Everyone has known what that meant since 1948. Now she's decided, okay, well, we'll change what that means. And here's a newsflash. Rashida Tlaib knows what it means. And Rashida Tlaib agrees with it. That's why she keeps saying it. You don't have to change the meaning of it for Rashida Tlaib. And if you have any doubts what that means, read the Hamas charter. It says it. I mean, it's I not understanding what the problem is with this dumb broad. Again, it, but they they're trying to they're trying to change the narrative because the narrative is bad. It it is bad. It is bad for these Democrats. So now they're trying to make themselves victims. They're trying to change what the words mean. They're trying to do anything they can to avoid actually having to deal with this. Well, now now we get to Ilhan Omar. And just she's really just a special one. And by the way, she's as anti-Semitic as Tlaib. She, she isn't as, as loud as Tlaib, but she's just the same as Tlaib. She believes exactly the same thing she thinks every jew should be dead she thinks israel should be made into a parking lot and we should rename it into palestine she loves hamas hezbollah the palestinian authority and the islamic jihad she loves them all let's listen to what she's got to say 
What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Ladies, time has expired. Movement will continue for liberation until every single time has expired. Has the right Ge- to gentleman live from Maryland is recognized. This full outrage is so annoying. I mean, it's just kind of, you have not acknowledged the humanity of the Palestinians. Um, You haven't acknowledged the humanity of the Jews. You haven't acknowledged anything that Hamas has done. You haven't even asked, demanded that Hamas release the hostages. You haven't condemned Hamas's terrorist attack. You've defended it. You've justified it. I don't want to hear about your moral sermon from from this pulpit. It's bullshit. We don't buy it. It's crap. It's annoying. Uh, anyway, she the, the one who threw the absolute best fit, though, and she will win our dumbass of the day, is Cori Bush. Cori Bush, who is just known for screaming. I mean, she doesn't string anything together that makes any sense. She just screams and blames Republicans. That's all she did. That's all she did here. It's Republicans' fault. I don't know what... She doesn't explain what's their fault. And slavery. There's slavery. There's always slavery. She's a BLM gal. So it's Republicans' fault and slavery... I'm sure she snuck in LGBTQIAR plus poop emoji plus somewhere in there, but and and screamed it really loud and went beyond her time. I mean, that's what she does. She gets three minutes. I don't know how that broad keeps talking. Anyway, let's listen to Cori Bush because this is actually kind of funny. It's outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, It's outrageous, but it's not surprising. And let me tell you, it's not surprising because this place is where 1,700 members of Congress, this elected body, enslaved black people. It's not surprising because they thought it was right. It's not surprising because this is a place where members continue to claim that the insurrection on the Capitol just appeared to look like a normal tourist visit. It's not surprising because this is the place where our black and brown staff members repeatedly speak of experiencing racism and sexism, Islamophobia, get pushed off of elevators, xenophobia and more right here in this workplace. This is the place. And let me say this. She mourns for the 1,400 Israelis. She mourns for the 10,000 and she will not stop. No more. No more. Cease fire now. And she takes the The, death threat that you all send. The gentlelady is no longer recognized. The gentleman from Maryland. Gentleman from Maryland is recognized. Can you imagine waking up in the morning to that? I mean, I, I don't think she's married. Oh no, she is married. Actually, I, I, I couldn't imagine. Can you imagine what it is like waking up in the morning and saying, and her needing the sink, and her husband on the sink brushing his teeth. And she needs to use the sink. I need a sink. I need a sink. Oh, slavery. 
uh, homophobia, blah, blah. I can imagine what it is actually like in that house. If she wanted chicken and he made roast. Because you know she don't cook. She looks like she cooks. But you know, can you imagine if he made asparagus and not broccoli? The absolute thunder that would happen through that house. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.